back again to do to, the show to tell a story to tell the tell the story that never ends <laughs> <laughs> this is the show so that never ends and it, it goes, goes on and on my friends some people hey yeah, started watching it, not knowing where it was going. I, Laura, Laura I, started that, watching that's it, not me. knowing where it was going. Although I think I have figured out a lot of where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't try to hide it, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe they try to, but it's some of it. But hey, everybody, I'm Latara. Hey, I'm Laura, and this is Passions, Passions Podcast. Podcast, and we're back to talk more about your favorite soap opera ever, Passions, Days of Our Lives, Date. <laughs> No, that's not even how the song goes. I'm too sick to (laughs) sing it right. Oh, I used to love those Days of Our Lives um, theme song. Music. But we're not talking about Days of Our Lives. No, we're not. We're talking about passions. We're talking about passions. I'm a liar. You're a liar, Luis. (laughs) I know what kind of man you are. A liar. So we're going to, let's jump right in. We're talking about episodes 311 to 315. And uh, yeah, we're going to start with Shuis. Let's do it. All right. Here's a summary. After being reminded of the way things ended between them before Sheridan left for Paris, Luis and Sheridan began to pull away from one another. Luis once again asks her what happened between them back then, and this time Sheridan tells him the truth. She explains that she overheard him saying he was only using her for her money. Luis is floored by this accusation and vehemently denies ever saying those things. Sheridan is angered by Luis's denial, stating that she knows what she heard and saw. He begs her to believe him, saying that's not the kind of man he's shown himself to be to her. Sheridan offers Luis an out, stating that if he just admits what she heard him say, then she will forgive him and forget and they can move on as a couple. Luis, of course, doesn't accept this. Meanwhile, Hank receives a phone call from our favorite drug lord, Roger. He threatens to expose Hank's past if he doesn't kill Sheridan ASAP. That's my summary. The return of Roger. It's a great summary. Roger's back. The return of Roger. Ro- the return of Jafar. back. All right. Um... So at the beginning of, of these episodes, basically, so Sheridan wakes up with a new hairdo, like oh, fre- yeah. fresh cut, fresh color. She looks great. Uh, we're, we're ushering in a new era of, of, of fashion. Yeah. Oh, I, this, the outfit she wears in these oh, episodes yeah. is awful. I mean, it's not good. That like purple thing look, with the circles. The early 2000s were unkind to those of us who <laughs> tried to look cute. It yeah. was impossible. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, she wakes up and uh, she's just had this dream about kissing Luis and she tells him about it. And then Hank like appears out of nowhere and and very quickly, uh, Sheridan basically says, I'm safe now. Uh, you won't need to be my bodyguard much longer. Yeah. Louis, well, Louise says something of the sort to her. He says, uh, yeah, I haven't had any. We haven't heard anything from Interpol. So if you were still in danger, they would have told us. So I guess uh, our our duty here is done. Yeah. I'm H- Hank and Luis. Yeah, we're done. The great protectors. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Meanwhile, like, Hank immediately gets a phone call from Roger to kill Sheridan. Well, and honestly, <laughs> to be honest, when they decide, when they said that, I was like, okay, we're going to write this off. And I was okay with it. I thought we were too. I thought that we were, like, just going to be done with it. And then Roger called again. Yeah, I was like, okay, we, let, let's write this off. I'm I'm okay with us writing this off and yeah. moving moving into the Martin Fitzgerald shit yeah. and just, like, go getting past this bullshit. But um, we're going to do it again, I guess. Yeah. Well, I told, didn't I tell you last week we're back to square one with yeah. everything? Yep. We're going to do it all again. <laughs> but I just have one thing to say. Yeah. Roger looks fine. He looks good. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but he's, he's like telling Hank off and I'm like, okay, Roger. He looks better than he did at the he, beginning. I, I always thought it's he was, hair. I always found him to be like attractive in a weird way. It's the way he had his hair this time. Yeah. It was like slicked back. Yeah. He looks it like looked, a real sleaze ball. Yeah. I was about to say that. He looks real sleazy. Yeah. And it's turning me on. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Yeah. Hank gets a call from Roger. He's like, you got to kill Sheridan. And I've got this dossier on you. 
and I ha- I know everything about your past, and maybe I'll just fax it over to your brother, the chief of police. I mean, I want to know what Hank got up to. Like, right now, it's just like, Hank's not a great guy, and that's all we know. Yeah. And I would like some more information about why Hank is not a great guy. It's just illegal shit. I'm sure he did, like, some smuggling and yeah, but what kind of smuggling? Like, art smuggling? Like, some white-collar shit? Or was he, like, I mean, shoving wrapped- heroin up his ass? Yeah, you know? he's wrapped up with these drug lords, yeah. so I think it's probably drug shit. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I, yeah. <laughs> Shitty drugs. I'm not your asshole. <laughs> Here, quick, swell this balloon of heroin. I hope it doesn't explode while it's inside of you, Hank. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, my God. These Not to make light of people who are forced into this, yeah. you know, at all, because it is horrendous. But, yeah. you know, we laugh about, we laugh to get through it, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm laughing at Hank. So, certainly I'm laughing okay with at that. Hank. So, yeah, Hank gets this phone call. He tells Roger to kiss his ass basically and then he Mm -hmm. throws his phone and breaks it um meanwhile inside sheridan and louise start to kind of pull away from each other um because they both are reminded sheridan is reminded that she heard louise on the wharf saying that he was only using her for her money and she was a spoiled princess and louise remembers and is reminded that she just like slapped him out of absolutely nowhere and flew off to paris and that they were getting really close. And he, they both are saying to themselves, like, this is the way I felt the last time, you know. And I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Yeah. So they both start to pull away from each other. And then when they feel the other person pulling away, it makes it, makes it all even worse. Yeah. But the good thing this time is they finally get down the brass tacks. Yes. Luis says to her, what the hell happened back then? What is it? What did you... Because she, she finally is like, well, after what you said, he says, she says that to him. And he's like, what the hell did I say? Right. <laughs> he's like, what did I say? And she's like, you know what you said. I don't. This is why I didn't want to bring it up, because I didn't want to have to do this with you. Blah, blah, blah. And she finally says, you says the, the thing, right? Yeah, you called me a brat and said I was spoiled and that you're going to use me to show me you know, that, you know, the, to, to teach me a lesson basically. And you're using me for my money and my name. She's like, I fucking heard you say it. And he's like, what? And, and she <laughs> says, and all you ever wanted was the crane fortune. And that's when Louise is like, that's the last thing I would want, which, yeah, I mean, right. Everything we know about Louise is like the antithesis of that. He, he's never given us any indication that he's after the crane fortune, you know? Of course. And that's why Sheridan has been at odds with it. And I think that's why she forgot that he even said it for many months because yeah. she started spending more time with him. And she was like, oh, yeah, he is great and he is wonderful and he is a nice person and all these things. But then when he denies that he ever said it, she's like, what do you mean you you never said it i was there i saw you with my own eyes i heard you with my own ears Mm -hmm. and to have you deny it to my face is actually more insulting than to hear it from you in the first point yeah and she even says you know louise if you have an explanation for why you said those things please tell me I I will forgive you. I just just tell me what is it? Why? If you want to just say like that you said it, but you've changed your mind. Like she's giving him all of these yeah these prompts. Basically, she, she literally is like any plausible explanation will do, but I need to hear the truth from you. Yeah, because if you continue to lie to me, I will not have you in my life at all. I am surrounded by liars and cheaters. And I'm trying to break free from this mold. So, like, yeah. you got to pony up here, bro. But Luis won't do it because Luis didn't say it, right? He's like, I didn't say these things. Poor guy. Both of these people. Poor people. Poor people. It's funny because Julian is, like, on the phone with Alistair watching this whole thing go down. Mm-hmm. And Alistair and Julian are like, if Luis was a worse person, he would lie and say that he did say those things just so that Sheridan could forgive him and he could be close to her. It's like this convoluted thing. Yeah. But of course, Luis is not going to lie. He's like saying I said those things would be a lie. Yeah. You know, so they just we kind of go around this. Yeah. And if I was and if I was in Luis's shoes, I would be I would say the same thing. Like, I didn't say that. Same. Like, I know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would be. I like, wouldn't lie. I wouldn't no. say like, uh, OK, just to be with you. Like, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. And I don't want you to think those 
those things about me. I don't want you to think that I would be the type of person who could say that. Because even if he did give her a plausible explanation, how would she ever be able to move forward? She said that she could, but like yeah. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, no. If I heard someone say really hurtful things about me. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So she storms out to the gazebo and laments that she loves Luis, but she's like, but I can't love Luis. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not, I've, I've done this too many times and, um, believed men too many times and been hurt too many times. So she's struggling with her feelings for Luis. Uh, and we get a nice little montage with a weird song. Long it montage. It was so long. It was profuse. <laughs> and I I wrote down the words to the song. It was like, Just Between Us was like the song. Uh-huh. But I cannot remember for the life of me how it goes. Oh, I, yeah. No, I and I wish I could because it was bad. <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> the only one that's been excellent is two hearts. <laughs> I can't. I'm sick, y'all. I can't sing. But um, yes, two hearts was is my jam. I listened to it like a week ago. Are you serious? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It came up on like my shuffle on my on my phone, and you let because I added it because I added it to my library. And then when it when it came up, I cracked the fuck up, and then I let all five minutes play. Yeah. That's funny. But anyway, Louise finds Sheridan crying in this crying in the gazebo and also they call it a gazebo but it is not a gazebo no it's number one it's, it's huge, huge. <laughs> and it's got grass yeah, inside it's, grass. it's more like a pergola it's a, yeah a pagoda or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. pagoda pergola now i'm not sure what the i don't know is. girl but but like but like an octagonal one yeah it's huge it's, it's not a gazebo it's enormous <laughs> not a gazebo well martin built it martin built it and he called it a gazebo he didn't even know what the fuck he built (laughs) no one never mind (laughs) no wonder the cranes killed him (laughs) (laughs) this isn't a gazebo off with your head get him out of (laughs) here um (laughs) sorry Uh, So he finds her crying in the not gazebo and he tries to convince her that he never said the thing she thinks he said. And he's very convincing. He's like, why would I jump out of a helicopter if I was just using you? Why would I put myself in harm's way, fly all the way to Paris? Why would I do all of these things, save your life so many times if I was just using you? Right. You know, and she's like, yeah, I mean, I know, but. I know what I heard and I know what I saw. Exactly. She's like, what you're saying makes sense, but it doesn't align with what I know to be true. And this whole time, Julian starts popping in and out. Yeah. Like, he's like, get your hands off of my sister. You know, and he makes a big show of trying to comfort Sheridan and direct her to trust her gut and not make the same mistakes she's always making. And Sheridan is like... Back the fuck off, Julian. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Let me talk to Luis. So Julian leaves, and then she talks with Luis some more, and then Julian comes back, and then they change locations to take to uh, do the same conversation again. You know, so like we kind of do this a lot. <laughs> yeah, and every time it comes boils down to the same thing. Luis begs Sheridan to believe him, and she says, "I can't." Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to, but I can't. Yeah. Um. And she does. She eventually just gives him the uh an out and says, "Just say you said it, and I will forgive and forget." Mm-hmm. He still can't do it. Mm-hmm. He still can't do it. Oh yeah, they go back and forth. They do all of that over and over again. Over and over yeah. again. And I think that's really where we end it with them. Yeah. yeah. We get no. We get no conclusion on this. Yeah. We get no real resolution. Um, and at the end, it turns into another fight about uh, Ethan. Yeah, that was ah, yeah, that was in my notes because I was like, somehow these two are now arguing about Ethan. Like it, it went from because um, Luis at one point says the only problem between the two of us is your brother Julian, and she he says Julian's like poisoning your mind against me, basically. Mm-hmm. Even though Julian is the problem, but it's like a whole other thing. Yeah. But then Sheridan says, well, he's not the only one who's been, who has told me to stay away from you. And he's like, Oh, and you mean you're, you're the, the, the golden boy, Ethan. And she's <laughs> like, you're, you will not talk about my nephew that way. 
<laughs> I love him. Yeah, so they so. end up fighting about Ethan some more. I do, there's one specific thing that I liked, which was Sheridan tells Luis, you know, because they're not fighting. Like, they're di- having a disagreement, but they're yeah. not yelling at each other, which is a huge improvement. Yeah. And at one point, she tells Luis, she's like, you know, it's very confusing for me because I grew up in a home where everyone lied all of the time. It's hard for me to understand the truth. You know, I've been gaslit my entire life. I've never been around people who have been honest. So I do have a hard time parsing out fact from fiction and, yeah. and truth from lies. Um, and Luis is like, you know, I grew up in the opposite where we, we wanted for a lot, but we knew that we could rely on each other. Right. And Sheridan's like, and that's why I'm having a hard time because I know who you are, but I also know what I grew up in and I know my own like fallacies because of that. But I also know what I saw and I heard. Mm -hmm. So they're having like a, they're really like talking it through Mm -hmm. and being pretty rational about it, which I like to see because I'm I got really tired of these awful childish oh, yeah. arguments between these two. So this, although I hate what's what's gone down, and I know that at some point they'll overcome it and they'll figure out the truth. Like I like how they're dealing with it. Yeah, they're dealing with it in a very mature way. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they they'll get they'll get past this. It's gonna take a little while. But yeah. They'll get there. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah, I think so. All right, we're moving on to fate. And you know what? I I broke this up into two this week. So let's start with Teresa. Okay. And I'll read that summary and then I'll read the Whit- and then we'll talk about it and then I'll read the Whitney summary. Okay. Does that that's sound so good? good? Yeah. All right. Cause we don't have anything else this week, y'all. Oh yeah, it's just Just Teresa like, and Fate. That's it. It's, this is those it. Are the only stories this week. Yeah. All right. So here's mm. the Ethan and Teresa fate storyline. Ethan tries to tell Gwen that the wedding is off, but he keeps getting interrupted. Gwen's sorority sisters show up at the Crane Mansion to take her to her surprise bridal shower at the country club, and Teresa goes along because she is the maid of honor, which I keep forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) At the bridal shower, Gwen spends a lot of time weirdly trying to prove to her sorors that Ethan is madly in love with her. At one point, she calls Ethan and puts him on speakerphone so that the girls can hear what he has to say. Luckily, Ethan realizes he's on speakerphone and declines to talk over the phone in order to spare Gwen the embarrassment. He asks to meet Gwen alone, and she tells him to come to the country club to talk. Thinking he's going to declare his deep, passionate love for her, she has her sorority sisters and Teresa hide so that they can eavesdrop on the conversation. I hate her sorority sister also sorority sisters also is sorors Mm -hmm. the word for that i've never heard that you never heard sorors 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 that's sorors that's very hard for me to say sorors sorors (laughs) the roger i feel i feel like i'm having a 30 rock moment (laughs) sorors the roger the roger Urban fervor. It's it's easier to say roger. <laughs> Sorors. 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 There it is. Sorors. That's yeah. very hard to say. <laughs> Sorors. Um, can we talk about her sorors names? <laughs> you can say sorority sisters or just sisters. <laughs> can we talk about these bitches' names? Buffy and M- Millie and I can't remember them all. I wrote squeaky them. was one squeaky. I wrote them down because I couldn't believe what my ears were hearing. And now I can't find. Them. And I remember Teresa saying, which one's, which one's dopey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked me up. But yeah, they, they all had like horrible. Names. Oh, here we go. Bunny, Buffy, Robin, squeaky, Muffy, and Shannon. Shannon. Squeaky. Squeaky. Buffy and bunny. Well, that's their names. I don't, I, I honestly, if I was like a person in a sorority like this, I'd be offended that they think all our names are like that. I know. I, you know, if I was, I, I was getting legally blonde vibes, but without like the feminism side of it. You know what I mean? Right. I was just like, they're just making fun of sorority girls right now. I didn't, I didn't like it, but also squeaky was the name of one of the, the girls who was in like the Manson like clan oh, squeaky from I, I remember and that. like murdered people yeah well, well why would they 
they probably didn't think about Co-op it. Co-op that name for this. They probably didn't think unless about it. Unless she comes maybe back. Squeak, maybe unless she comes back, voice. maybe she's going to come back as a moiterer. Yeah. She's a moiterer. Moiteress. Maybe she's the person that Roger will now hire to take out Sheridan. She's an assassin. Yeah. Squeaky the assassin. Squeaky. No, so this whole situation with Ethan is crazy. Uh, so the next morning after Teresa gets out of the hospital, Ethan like immediately goes over to her house and starts making out with her in front of her mom. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So it was weird. Yeah. So, so when he, he's making out with her and then they stop kissing or whatever. Pilar's like, Ethan, what the fuck are you doing? Basically. <laughs> She's like, you and I both know, like he, she sends Teresa to go get dressed or something. And she says to Ethan, like, I'm going to be real with you. You and I both know that your parents are not going to allow this. And he still thinks he's like, no, they just want me to be happy. I know it's going to be hard for them, but yeah, I'm just going to have to do it. He's like, I, ha- I have to tell Gwen I'm going to do it. Teresa comes back. He gives her a nice little speech about how much he loves her. And at the end of it, he says, but our love is going to kill Gwen. <laughs> our love is going to kill Gwen. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. Gwen's a little bit more resilient than that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. He then tells her that she swept like sh- her love ripped through him like a hurricane. <laughs> like she's a she's a destructive force in his life. <laughs> That's what he says to her. And she's like, oh, how romantic. How romantic. If somebody called me destructive like a hurricane, Ugh. I don't want this. I don't want those. In the eye of a hurricane. There, there is quiet. quiet. <laughs> <laughs> For just a moment. I can sing that. I can sing that today. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet. Oh, my God. For just a moment. We love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, love Lin-Manuel. Did I Manuel Miranda. I think I said Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think you did, and then I tried to repeat the exact same thing. We love the man. We love LMM. But his performance in that song the singing is remarkable. Hideous. <laughs> I can't like, oh, God, I skip it every single time. Oh, I love it. I God, I love it. But yes, if someone called me a destructive force, I would certainly be offended. A fucking hurricane. Mm. Hurricane Teresa. Hurricane, well. She, I mean, she kind of is. But, yeah. But that was a hurricane. Hurricane Laura a couple years ago. Oh, really? I'll yeah. never be a hurricane. Nobody's going to be. They're never going to name it Hurricane Latara. They maybe might. T- maybe Tara. We might get there. Nah. Eh. No. Well, now that people are named like Cadence and Apple and, Cadence and you know, Apple. shit like that. Yeah. Some some of these kids' names are re- so insane. Yeah. You know, I'm off. Sorry. I'm on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, this is my son, Brigadoon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. these kids names. So, you know, now that these are becoming mainstream, maybe we'll finally start getting some names that for a long time have been considered not mainstream. Maybe. 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 I don't want to be a hurricane, though. Yeah. Yeah. Tornado. Nope. Uh, what else? Is typhoon. There? A typhoon. Typhoon Latara. Typhoon. Now, do they name typhoon? They do. I, I actually just recently learned that. I was watching a K-drama, and they had a typhoon, and it was named Sarah. Typhoon Sarah. Yeah. Huh. I was like, oh, they named typhoons. I didn't realize that. But anyway. Gale Force Wind Latara. Yep. <laughs> anyway. All right. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> That's enough of this. Enough of this. Anyway, uh, he... he um. <laughs> Then tells her that he hasn't told Gwen about calling off the wedding because she asks, Teresa asks him how she took it. And he's like, well, actually, I didn't tell her. And then he asks, like, how Louise took it. And she's like, well, actually, I didn't tell him. Mm. So, uh-huh. uh So then they head over to the mansion and everyone is there in the living room. Gwen, yeah. Gwen's been there looking for Ethan. Gwen's been there looking for Ethan. Teresa's there to work. Yep. Rebecca's there. Ivy and Julian, everybody's Everyone's in the living room. There. Pilar. And Gwen has has come there looking for Ethan, but also to show off and thank him for the family jewels. Yeah, for the pearls. The pearls and the diamonds. Yeah. And uh so in the mansion 
living room, Alistair then calls and asks to speak to Gwen. And so he's on speakerphone talking to Gwen, welcoming her into the family, saying how excited they are to have her and whatever. He's going to be at the wedding is what he says. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there's like a bunch of interruptions. Ethan keeps trying to take Gwen to the side, take her somewhere else. Rebecca interrupts. She pulls him, says, no, you'll have plenty of time to talk when, when you're married, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? just go. It, uh, it definitely feels like Rebecca in particular still thinks something is up. Like she's playing along because her daughter has the jewelry, but I think she's doing everything she can to keep Ethan away from Gwen until she gets them to the altar and he's in a position where he quote unquote can't leave. You know yeah. what I mean? I do think that's what's going on with her specifically. Cause she, everyone can see that Ethan's being weird. Well, that's he's a, not hiding. That's it. That's what I think. Every, I think that he looks like so suspicious and he's obviously being weird, but everybody's ignoring it. But to, except for Teresa and Pilar. Yeah. Everyone is ignoring it. Well, Ivy and uh, yeah, Julian is, is uh, stupid and I don't think he notices. I think Gwen and Rebecca are avoiding it. Ivy, I think is distracted because she is pissed that this jewelry has been given to Gwen. She yeah. is not happy. She didn't know about it. She's just finding out about it. She literally says, uh, I better be dead before Gwen gets her hand on any more of my jewelry. Mm. So she, I think, is a little distracted because she's trying to play nice with, like, field Rebecca, play nice with Gwen when she's actually pretty angry. Yeah. So I think there, I, I, yeah. So, like, I get, I guess I get why no one seems to be noticing what's going on with Ethan. But, yeah. like, it is pretty obvious. It's crazy because he's, like, frantically trying to get her away from them. But so yeah. he finally pulls her outside and they're alone. And he's like, I got something I've got to tell you. And then this gaggle of girls show up. Yeah. Squeaking and but giggling. Bunny, Buffy, Robin, Muffy, Shannon and Squeaky. These bitches show up <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, Gwen, we're so excited. It's her sorority sisters. And they're they're there to take her to lunch and all of this. And then Teresa comes outside and the girls go back inside and. It, it, there's a lot of like moving around but a, at one point Ethan yeah. is talking to Teresa and she's like did you I guess you didn't tell her and he's like how could I yeah. <laughs> how could I did you see that and um, at one point Teresa is talking to Pilar about the girls and she's like is that what rich girls are like they're so silly <laughs> they're uh, so flippant and silly so and frivolous silly. I mean these girls are silly they do a fucking chant like they do a whole bunch of shit that is silly but again like they have been they have written them to be insufferable yeah you know the point the point has been made yeah um i don't i don't think anyone is actually like this yeah <laughs> so gwen introduces all of these girls to Teresa as her maid of honor number one and you know what if i was one of gwen's friends there i'd be mad yeah. I'm like, what? who is this bitch? Yeah. Who is she? Who is she? Why don't we know her? And how is she the maid of honor? We don't, we've never even heard of her. Right. And we're supposed to be your best girlfriends. Your, si your sisters. That's ridiculous. Right. So anyway, they all um, want to go out. To, they, they tell Gwen they're taking her to lunch. Gwen says she wants Teresa to come. And Teresa's like, no, I have a lot of work to do. And she's like, don't be silly. And she says, I'll ask Ivy. And You're the maid back. of honor. She comes back and she says, yeah. Ivy's happy to give give you to me for the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. The language around Teresa is very annoying and very possessive. Mm -hmm. um, but so the then the sorority sisters pull Teresa to the side and tell her it's actually a surprise bridal shower for Gwen so she has to come yeah right so Teresa's like yeah. I don't think I should be here no. but she gets dragged into it so they head off to the country club together right they do and um but 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 before they before they do Gwen like puts her arms around Ethan and Teresa and calls them the, the three, three musketeers. musketeers. And I wrote, this bitch has lost her grip on reality. She gives a prolonged speech about how the three of them are the best of friends. They're going to continue on that way for the rest of their life. Teresa should be their godmother to their first, first child. child. Yeah. I mean, it is beyond. She has, She's losing it. Yeah. She's really let slip her her mind either she's either yeah her mind is slipping out of her ears i don't know <laughs> or 
she is laying on the thickest possible guilt trip to try and prevent the inevitable. Yeah. I don't know which. I think it could be read either way. It could be read either way. I think I think she is leaning into her delusions. Mm. I think she's like, I'm going to be super delusional about this and I'm going to just go all the way in on it. Yeah. Um that's what it seemed like to me cuz she I, she's just living in that delusion right now. Cause I don't think, I honestly don't think Gwen, I think she had a moment where she, I think she had a moment where she snapped. I think there's a moment where her, mm. where, where we flipped from her real understanding what it is that she's saying and doing to where she's like just living in delusion now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Cause, yeah. because it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable that your boyfriend or your fiance is going to cancel the wedding at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. At this point, my God. And, and I think, so she's, yeah, I think she's like high on the happiness being surrounded by her friends and her family, getting beautiful gifts, being excited to be a bride to the man that she loves, the man that she wants to marry, thinking about this beautiful life. Like, I think she's just like fizzing with happiness, you know? And so that, that delusion is, is, is looking almost like and I hate to use this word, but is almost looking hysterical. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm not using that word in a, I, at least I don't think I am in a sexist way, but mm-hmm. I think I'm using it in an accurate way where yeah. like, like the giddiness, the bubbliness is to the point where it's like, ah! yeah. it's like, it's, it's hysterical Yeah, from everyone, not just from her. Oh, those girls. From all of them. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go to this fucking baby shower, not baby shower. What is it? Bl- <laughs> bridal, shower. bridal shower. Yeah. And they play a game with some ribbons. I've never seen this before. <laughs> I haven't either. But it was but like this it. giant like thing of a bunch of ribbons. <laughs> and Gwen had to pull out a ribbon and um, the length of the ribbon foretold how long her wedding would be. I'm mean, not her wedding. Her marriage would last. And so she pulls out a ribbon that's maybe two and a half inches long. Well, maybe it's, it's hilarious. Cause all the girls are like, I I've only known this to ever be extremely accurate. And this is the best. <laughs> blah, blah. Like they're like, like they are putting stock into the prediction of the ribbon bouquet. Yeah. So when she pulls out this tiny ribbon, <laughs> um, they're like, Oh God, Gwen, it was a micro penis of a ribbon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm wheezing. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. She pulls out that micro penis. Hilarious. She pulls out the tiny little fucking ribbon and all the girls are like, oh, no, Gwen, oh, don't worry. I'm sure it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and uh, she she's like, oh, I'm, of course, it doesn't mean anything. She's upset, though. Oh, they're all visibly shaken yeah. because they had just talked about how accurate this thing is and how they believe in its mystery and its power. And then she pulls out this tiny rib- ribbon and everyone's like, oh. Like, they're shocked into silence. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, no, it's not real. I'm sure everything's fine. It's fine. And Gwen's like, yeah, this is all preposterous. I don't believe in this, even though she's clearly upset. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, Ethan loves me so much. Isn't that right, Teresa? You've seen him. Tell the girls. Tell the girls how much he loves me. Like, she keeps asking Teresa to uh, reassure her friends that Ethan loves her. Yeah. And Teresa's like, um, well... I, she says, tell the girls, Ethan and I are destined to spend eternity as husband and wife. Yeah. And Teresa couldn't get it out. (laughs) Destined to spend eternity as husband and wife. And then, and then Gwen is like, you know what? I'll just call Ethan and let you guys hear for yourselves because he's been trying to tell me something all day. And he, he's like, he's been frantically trying to tell me something for three days now. Mm-hmm. And I just wouldn't let him tell me. So let me just put him on speakerphone so you can all hear what it is that he has to tell me. Because I'm sure he just wants to declare his undying love for me. Oh my God. Girl, what? Oh my God. So she calls him, she puts him on speakerphone. He's, he's like standing outside of the crane mansion talking to Chad. And uh, Chad had just told him, you know, you got to tell her at some point. You're going to have to do it. And you should do it sooner rather than later. The later it gets, the worse things are getting. Yeah. And so Ethan 
sees that it's Gwen. He says, I didn't want to do this over the phone, but maybe it's best that I do this over the phone. Like, I have to say it. And then he's like, wait a minute. My voice sounds weird. Mm. And my own speakerphone is like, ah, you got me. I've got your own speakerphone. I just wanted the girls to hear how much you love me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, bitch, that is, god damn it, Gwen. (laughs) He's like, Gwen, I need to speak with you. When can I get you alone? And she's like, you know what? They're about to leave. So just come down to the club and we can talk. Yeah. How can I get you alone? There I think you it's go. how do I get you alone? Yeah. How do I get you alone? Um, he can't get her alone. So she hangs up and she tells the tells the girls, you know what? If you have a good hiding space, you'll be able to hear all the things that Ethan says to me and hear him declare his undying love for me, which is I'm I'm sure that's what he's coming to do. So she hides them all behind a partition. And when Ethan gets there, she hugs him and kisses him. And they're all standing there waiting to listen to her get dumped. Oh, my God. Oh, how awful. So bad. How awful would that be? And also, why would you? I would never. This is like like a three-way phone call that you do in like junior high. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's happening in real life with like adults. It's really bizarre. And if your fiance or if anyone, if anyone tells you they have something really important and personal to tell you, why would you be trying to share that with other people? Right. Especially after. So at one point, these girls were like asking about like how how Ethan is in bed. And Gwen was like, oh, well, you know, that's private. I don't want to get into it, but I will say he's an excellent lover. And they're all giggly and stuff. And it's like, well, if you if you don't want to share personal details, like that's fine. But then why would you invite them to spy in this way about a personal detail? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he's like, I have something I need to say to you in private alone. Like. Yeah. And also they have been saying at this point in these episodes, they're like he they're saying that he's been trying to tell her for days. Yeah. Even though it seems like it's just been one day. Yeah. But well, we know how time works. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's very weird. Teresa. I guess he has been trying to tell her about Teresa for a while. But he hadn't called off the wedding yet. Uh, no no, no that's that not all, true that he, all happened at the same time yeah that all happened at the hospital yeah, that's not yeah that's not true yeah well he was supposed to he was supposed to go and tell Gwen about Teresa remember like him and he and Chad had that pact when Chad was like in the bed yeah at the Russell's house so th- there were days I guess it has been days since he started this started down this road and then he didn't do it mm-hmm. yeah I guess yeah I, maybe that's what they mean by it maybe I don't know. But also, like, maybe it just hasn't been. Maybe when the day turned over, it had actually been a few days. I don't. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're getting caught up in the details. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And now we're going to move on to something that does matter. Whitney. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, we're going to move on to something that does matter. Our patrons. Our patrons. Our lovely patrons. All right. So we want to give a good hearty shout out to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breelin, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Sarana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Bridget, Ashley, Hannah, Camelia, Monique, and Samantha. Thank you all so much for being our patrons. Thank you for being a patron. Da, 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 da. today my voice is so low today thank you patrons thank you for all of your support we really 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 love and appreciate you and if you would like to check out our patreon and the different tier levels then you can find us at patreon.com slash passions podcast absolutely positively all right moving on to something else that matters whitney and chad all right so here's a summary for you Over at the Russell home, Eve and Chad seem to have turned a corner, while Chad and Whitney have taken several steps backwards. After convalescing in their home for a few days, Eve clears Chad to go back to his apartment, but when he gets there, he finds that he's been evicted and his building has been condemned because someone called the city and complained that it was unsafe. He returns to the Russell home and finds out that Whitney was the one who called and complained to the city. Chad and the others get to work looking for affordable housing, but have no luck. Simone then remembers that they conveniently have a vacant apartment above their garage. Chad reluctantly agrees to move in and Kay wastes no time working to further poison Whitney and Chad's minds against each other so that they will remain at odds. 
Boom. That's it. Your summaries are great this week. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, they're always good, but they like, <laughs> they're I, not. I feel like they're, sometimes they're really rough. I feel like they're like on point this week. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Chad, I love Chad sweet, Harris. Sweet Chad. I love Chad is like the only decent person in this town. Yeah. And maybe Grace. Grace is horrible. I hate. No, I'm joking. <laughs> this is joking. Miguel. Grace is just annoying. There's a couple. Well, all of the nice people are annoying. Chad's not annoying. But though. Chad's not annoying. Yeah. That's true. He's I not like annoying. Chad. We 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 love Chad. I'm a big big fan. Sweet sweet Chad. Apparently Eve is a fan now too. I know. Out of the clear blue sky, suddenly I almost said sky. Out of the clear blue sky, Eve is suddenly happily welcoming chad she's just all about chad yeah she's uh, all, all about, about kids yeah. this guy's just all about kids <laughs> that's a real throwback <laughs> to frank lomax frank, <laughs> all about kids this guy's just all about kids <laughs> oh eve's all about kids eve is eve's all, about, all about killing eve is all about this kid eve yeah, she says she no longer thinks that um, he's such a bad influence on her daughters and um, that he's a he seems like a good kid. And Chad then praises her and he sees like parenting skills. And he says someday he wants to parent his daughters just like they parent theirs, which, you know what? He just doesn't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't know any better. Well, to him, that looks good. Yeah, he grew up in such dysfunction. To Exactly. To him, it looks good. He tells them, as far as family is concerned, you guys are the bomb. Yeah, he sure does. That's what he says to them. You guys are the bomb. I hey, think he, now, I th- I you're think, an all-star. I think he, they made him say, da bomb. Da bomb? Did they really? Yeah, he's oh, like, no. as far as family is concerned, y'all are the bomb. The bomb. <laughs> The bomb diggity. Uh, the bomb diggity. So, um. The, your family is off the chain. The off the chisel, <laughs> hizzle. Oh, oh it's no. so dated and stupid. Yeah. Although we did say the bomb. Like, that's not. It's, it is dated now. But that was, like, legitimate ling- lingo yeah, back then. Yeah, it was. I know. The that's bomb. what I'm saying. It's so dated. Yeah. You're the bomb. We would be like bomb.com. I was about to say bomb.com. Bomb.com was the, oh yeah. Yeah, you're the bomb.com. We love a little rhyme. All that in a bag of chips. <laughs> uh, You know what? I'm going to start bringing back all that fucking all slang. All that in a bag of chips. I'm going to start bringing that. You think you all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> that, and did you ever say, um, <sighs> dipping in the Kool-Aid don't even know the flavor? No, I've never heard that. Oh, uh, it's like when somebody's in your business, you say you all up in my Kool-Aid, don't even know the flavor. Ooh. <laughs> or did you ever go, poof, be gone. Your breath is too strong. Wait, come back. I got a tick, tack, not a tick. I can see by your eyes that you have never heard this before. No. <laughs> I, went, I, I did the majority of my growing up in uh, very um, conservative Catholic schools where children like Milford were neither to be seen nor, nor heard. heard. So uh, no, I I, I did not uh, did not encounter that one. Uh, and then by the time I went to junior high, like you know, it, it was a little different. Yeah. Well, he said the bomb, the bomb. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, he he's praising her. She's praising him. Uh, but meanwhile, Whitney's coming in the house with TC from a I assume from like a tennis practice. Yeah, tennis something. And uh, she's. Telling him, from now on, Daddy, I'm going to be 100% focused on tennis. No more distractions. And he, he, of course, is like, well, what's been distracting you? Of course. And she is evasive. She doesn't come right out and say it. Uh, but she says, you know, some people just don't think the way that uh, that we do. And, um, you know, I just want to be responsible, unlike some of these irresponsible boys. <laughs> like So she, she like... Kind of gives gives it away without really giving it away. And TC, for some reason, doesn't pick up what she's putting down. TC doesn't pick up what she's putting down because what she talks about is some girl getting pregnant. Yeah. That's why he doesn't pick it up. Because <laughs> she, she's talking about this complete lie that Kay has told her. Fair. You know? And so, yeah, she's like some girl. This girl got pregnant. and 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 But I don't worry, Daddy. I would never do that. And the whole conversation was, like, weird to me. And I didn't understand why they wrote it in in the first place. Yeah. Because, like, and maybe maybe it's just, maybe I'm just weird. But I would have 
never had a conversation with my dad about like this, about any kind of pregnancy, nothing. God, no. 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 You, know, you know what, though? <laughs> when I went off to college, my dad said to me, I better not get a phone call a few months in that you're pregnant. Oh, <laughs> And that was the closest we ever came to having a conversation about it. My dad has never (laughs) once said anything to me about pregnancy or getting pregnant. Yeah, that's literally the only only time. I better not get a phone call that you're pregnant. (laughs) Not once. You know what my dad has, you know what my dad does, and not as much anymore, but he would always ask me, any guy I was like hanging out with, he was like, is that your boyfriend? Mm. You know my friend Cameron. Mm. He he always, he always thought Cameron was my boyfriend and just... Um, listeners Cameron is like extremely gay lovely but gay yeah and obviously so yeah but my dad like did not believe me every time he would see me with Cameron he would think that he was my boyfriend yeah my my uh my parents well my mom kind of made the assumption that every boy I was hanging out with was trying to fuck me mm. which none of them were interested in fucking me yeah. <laughs> because I looked like their mothers no, you know? did <laughs> I did I've looked like this since I was like 12 so yeah no um so that assumption so I was always getting in trouble for hanging out with boys who were friends you know like yeah. it was really it was very weird and then it was just, whatever it was repressive and weird yeah so but yeah we, I would never in a million years have a conversation about this with my parents, especially given their attitudes toward this subject matter. You yeah. know, no way, no way. No, certainly wouldn't be bringing it up myself. No. What the fuck, Whitney? Hell like no. a teenage girl bringing up pregnancy to her dad. And then saying that, 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 that person had no morals. Oh yeah. That was also really weird. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Like the, like a moral judgment on her. Yeah. This the some boy that got this girl pregnant has no morals whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 the whole conversation was it was, it was you fucking weird. It was whack. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was wiggity 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 whack. <laughs> it was whack. I do. I still. I say whack now. I, I still do too. say whack. I still. I say, uh, yeah. That's whack. Every once in a while, I like to pull it out because it's a fun throwback. It's a, that's whack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway uh later chad uh, whitney and and tc and everybody's in the living room and chad lets everybody know that he's going to be leaving and that he's get, he's been cleared to go back to his apartment and whitney says to him kind of cryptically well i hope you do the right thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird because like so Kay discreetly tells whitney that tiffany taylor the made-up pregnant girl has had a miscarriage and then when chad is receiving these warm uh this warm goodbye from everyone that's when whitney is like especially cold and tells him to do the right thing but it makes no sense because she's been told that the girl i guess she no she did she did she told him to do the right thing before Kay told him uh, told her that tiffany okay. miscarried okay so i put i put my stuff in the wrong order i guess she says i hope you do the right thing and he's like super confused by this and Kay kind of jumped because he goes what do you mean by that and well, they were about to have it out right there right and Kay jumps in and says oh she's just talking about your music which okay well but Kay, i think Kay told whitney before and that's why she jumped in because she said chad wouldn't talk to the girl she left town because he was ignoring her and wouldn't talk to her well that's what i'm saying is my note comes net that note comes after that for me Oh, interesting. I, I have that. She says, I hope you do the right thing. He's confused. Kay tries to play it off. And then she grabs Whitney, brings her to the side and says that Tiffany miscarried and Chad didn't call her. So she left town. OK, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I, I mean, I do. That's what I think happened. Cool. Got it. So. So. So, yeah, she Kay tries to say, like, oh, you she just means your music. And then everybody just kind of lets that roll off their backs yeah and then Kay pulls Whitney to the side and is saying like more gross disgusting lies Kay's disgusting she's a fucking pig mm-hmm. um she tells Whitney that T- Tiffany she miscarried and Chad didn't call her so she left town mm. that's what she says to her and to me my thing about this whole lie is that Whitney sees that Kay is still like letting some like has no problem with Simone being around Chad but Mm. she seems to have an issue with me 
being around mm-hmm. Chad. Like she's trying to warn me about Chad. I'm not even your friend. Mm-hmm. I don't even like you. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you trying to warn Simone about Chad? That's a very good point. And the other thing that I will say is that Whitney is confronted with her own experiences of Chad being a very nice person mm-hmm. and very considerate young man. Um, and so it doesn't square with what she's hearing from Kay, who, like you said, is being suspicious about the whole thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Kay and Simone walk Chad back to his apartment and they find all of his shit outside because he's been evicted. Poor guy. Poor kid. Oh, and and then this we get a new episode and we learn, oh, he hasn't been convicted. The building has been condemned. Yeah. The, so everybody is out. The building has been condemned and he, because someone called the city, um, the super or, I don't know, landlord or whoever, tells him, you know, somebody called the city, complained that the, the structure was too, um, wasn't safe. And the city came out and condemned it. We're all out. Everybody's in the same same boat. Chad's really upset because he's like, where the hell am I supposed to live now? How am I supposed to find a place that I can afford? Right. And Simone happily, gleefully says, you can come live with us. Come live in our house. Come back to our house. Come on, let's go. Let's go to our house. <laughs> and he's like, I'll go back there to like look for my place, but I don't want to, I'm not going to live at your house. Right. Partially because Whitney has been making him feel really uncomfortable because they were getting really close and then everything kind of turned on a dime because of, because of Kay. I think everything's making him feel uncomfortable. Like Eve was weird to him for a long time. Now she's being nice to him. He works with TC. Simone is obviously into him. Kay is telling him secrets about Simone. Whitney's being really cold. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to live there at either. all. You got a good point. I get it. And he was nice when he left. He left a little present upstairs that Whitney yeah. brought down with a bunch of like jazz CDs mm-hmm. and stuff for to thank them for taking care of him. You know, like he was ready for that to be a final goodbye to the Russell home. Yeah. But he has to go back. He comes, comes <laughs> back, slinking back in. Oh, so while they're off, Whitney is talking to her parents about Chad and is like saying how he's, she's so glad that he's not going to be staying there and that he's a hit and run kind of guy who just doesn't want to work. What? And it, also that's such boomer language. It's very boomer language. Uh, and I love it because Eve is actually the hit and runner in the family. Literally. Literally. Um, but, you know, surprisingly, Eve and TC defend Chad. They say he's got a great work ethic, a real sense of responsibility. You know, it's 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 so weird because Whitney is repeating what she heard her mother say mm-hmm. for many months. And all of a sudden, Eve is confronted by her own words and doesn't even seem to realize that that that's what's happening. Like she's just parroting back what she's already heard. Yeah. And all of a sudden now when Whitney is saying it, it's like, Oh, you're being unfair to him. Yeah. She's like, you're being unfair to him. I mean, I wouldn't want you involved with him romantically, but you're still being unfair to him. Yeah. And then Whitney says, well, maybe he's not as responsible as you think he is. Maybe he's got an ulterior motive. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? What are you saying to us, Whitney? What is it that you're trying to say? That's what TC is like. What did he do something to you? What did he do? What right. is going on? Why right. are you feel, why are you, why are you telling us all of this? And uh, she doesn't say anything. She's just like, no, it just it's just like mom said, kind of thing. Yeah, it's so funny because within this conversation, Eve mentions that there are a lot of unwanted teen pregnancies in Harmony. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? It's so weird. <laughs> weird that was so weird especially since we know that k made up this person like why are we saying that why are we saying any of this like what does it support well my my question is and maybe maybe this will come up because later whitney does ask k if she can help her find tiffany um but my question is is tiffany actually pregnant and and this was like a convenient thing lie that k could tell or is tiffany not pregnant at all you know what I mean? I think she's not even a real person. No, I think she is. Because she says, you know, Tiffany Thomas and, and Whitney goes, oh, that girl that hangs out at the, the book cafe all the time. Well, because when Kay was talking with Simone, because Whitney, sorry, Kay and Simone were in the kitchen and Whitney came in and asked about Tiffany Thomas and left. And Simone was like, who the hell is that? And Kay's like, I don't know. 
Really? Yes. And so I was like, what is real? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. That's now why I don't know. That's why I've been so confused about this whole thing. Because like, I don't, I don't even know if this person, I thought that Kay sent her out of town because she isn't a real person. Oh. And so now she's sending her out of town so she doesn't have to deal with this made up person. I thought she was a real person because they had talked like she was like yeah Whitney as if Whitney recognized who she was I thought Whitney was like you mean that girl at the book cafe is that Tiffany and kids like oh yeah her oh okay you know hey, okay that makes sense that's that makes sense. that's how I took it I mean that I'm, makes sense <laughs> that makes complete sense but then but if that's true then why does Eve support uh the idea that they not doesn't stand in support of it but, but supports the hypothesis that there are a lot of teen pregnancies in harmony if there is no real person who's actually pregnant and a teenager well maybe maybe Kay made up the lie because it's a plausible lie because there are a lot of teen pregnancies in harmony man <laughs> I, that makes okay all right it's just this whole thing has just become so convoluted this is why you shouldn't lie. This is why you shouldn't this lie. This is why you shouldn't lie. Never this, lie. this, not this. because of the outcome, but oh. because it's hard to follow. Yeah, only this. It becomes <laughs> everybody just gets a little confused. That's why you shouldn't lie. Not because it's bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Chad, Simone, and Kay they come back to the Russell home and uh, explain what has happened to Eve and TC. You know. And so TC says, oh, here's the newspaper. You can check out the classified ads. We can kind of call around and see if we can find anything for you. They're looking through the paper. Everything is too expensive. No affordable housing for Chad. And then Whitney comes in and she's like, what's going on? I thought you were leaving. Why are you back here? And he's like, well, my building was condemned. Somebody called and somebody called and had my building condemned. And she was like, yeah, I know it was me. Dun, dun, dun. And she says, well, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect them to condemn the building. I just, I just thought it was an unsafe place for people to be living and that somebody should go and fix it up. And Chad, he does, he doesn't explode on her, which I appreciate. He's yeah. upset and yeah. he's angry, but he tells her, you know, I know my place probably didn't look so nice to you since you live in the lap of luxury, but I have lived in a lot worse and it's what I it was mine and I could afford it. And now yeah. I have nowhere. Now I'm homeless. Thank yeah. you, Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. He he says he I'm not happy to be unhoused and sleeping on the streets again. I had just clawed my way out of this and now I'm back to square one. And Whitney, I think, feels bad, mm-hmm. but she still thinks she did the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that if she wasn't under Kay's influence, she wouldn't feel that way. I think she would just feel extremely guilty. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Simone then tells her parents, like, I have an idea. Why doesn't Chad just stay here? And they're like, I don't think so. You know, let's, uh, let's see if we can find somewhere else. And he starts calling shelters. Yeah. And Simone goes to her mother and says, look. This is ridiculous. We are church going people. We're told that we need to help those in need. And here is this very nice person who just stayed with us for weeks and you had no problem with it. And now that he's in need and literally has nowhere to go, you're going to send him to a fucking shelter. Yeah. With no permanence and no stability. She tells her to remember the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so they agree to let Chad stay. After, after, Simone's like, oh, don't we have that whole ass apartment upstairs, uh, like over the garage with a kitchen and a bathroom and a separate entrance? Chad, you could stay there. This whole entire uh, apartment that the whole family had just forgotten about. What? (laughs) Like, why wasn't Chad staying there to begin with? Why was he in Whitney's room? Yeah, well, because it, I the situation when Chad got there was extremely dire. Yeah. And they needed to clean that apartment out. They were using it for storage. That's true. So I think that's why. Also, yeah. he, he would have been separated from them. He needed, like, medical help. Mm. So I get that. But, like... How did y'all forget y'all had a whole less apartment? They forgot about it, but apparently an aunt came to stayed with came and stayed with them one time long term, and they made apart an apartment for her. So Chad is gonna take over this apartment, uh, yep. which is sounds perfect. Yep, it is. It is perfect. Yeah, it and seems he insists on paying rent. 
uh, make sure that he's going to have his own privacy. He won't be up in their business, up in their space. And uh, they come to an agreement. And Whitney's yeah. not happy about it. No, Whitney's not, not happy about it. But she also is like deal, grappling with the fact that she does have feelings for Chad, even though she's trying not to. She's grappling with that. And she also is grappling with the fact that she thinks that Chad's a good guy. She mm-hmm. thought Chad was a good guy. And so she does. She talks to and we touched on this a little bit, but she talks to Kay. It says, I really need to get in touch with Tiffany. Do you know how I can get in touch with her? And Kay's like, why would you need to get in touch with her? And she's like, so I can make sure that Chad's the one that got her pregnant. (laughs) And Kay says, just look at Chad. Can't you tell by looking at him that he's the type of guy who uses girls and throws them away? The fuck? What does that even mean? And then Whitney has like a flashback to him, like helping her in the avalanche. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't see that in her head. She's thinking that like, no. Yeah. He, everything that I know about him is, is the opposite of what you are saying. And you don't even like Kay. Stop believing her. You know, she's a fucking liar. You're right. We've seen Whitney confront Kay a few times in the very first, like episode or two Simone and Kay are talking and Whitney says to Simone like you should stay away from her I know I can tell she's scheming and um mm. scheming about something dreaming up some sort of scheme I know I, she said that in the first episode you know you're right you are right and she's gotten sucked into this lie and I don't I don't know. And and Simone, of course, is happy to go along with it because as she says, Chad is moving in. Chad is moving <laughs> she, in. She's gotten her way. She's excited. She's gonna make this boy her boyfriend. Oh well, she thinks he loves her. Yeah. She really thinks that. And her best friend is letting her think that. Yeah. Ugh, Kay is a pig. I can't stand her. Yeah. She's worse than a pig because I like pigs. Pigs are cute. Mm-hmm. They taste good too. <laughs> I like pigs. I, I like um, pigs. I don't like K. I don't like K. What's Not something this I don't K. like. K's a banana. I hate bananas. <laughs> She's a fucking grapefruit. <sighs> I hate that bitch <sighs> right now. Um. So anyway, they help Chad moving into move into the apartment and help him get all the like storage stuff out. And meanwhile, K continues to like sow seeds of like discord and poison these two against each other. Mm. Um, she says to, to, to Whitney, because the apartment shares a wall with Whitney's bedroom. She says, I bet he's going to try and seduce you with his music by playing his music. And so you can hear it through the walls. What? And then Kay starts talking about how Chad's going to have to change his ways. Otherwise, TC's going to kick him out. And Whitney's like, what do you mean? And Kay says, oh, well, I've heard that he has girls over all the time. And he's got people coming and going from his apartment late at night because he's like fucking all these different people. And Whitney's like, well, my dad's not going to have that. And Kay's like, that's what I'm saying. You better be careful or you might become one of those girls. Uh huh. And Whitney at one point says, you know what? I'm just going to tell my parents about Tiffany. They're going to throw him out in in a second. They'll throw him out immediately. Yeah. Um, Because... At one point, Kay says, oh, I know why you're so don't want Chad to live here. You're worried about Simone. You're worried that he's going to do something to Simone. Oh, and 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 when he's like, not really. I, I She's like, Simone's not that stupid. I don't think she would get yeah. pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And then Kay's like, oh, well, then are you worried about yourself? And that is a good point, actually. Kay actually makes one, one decent point. Because, girl, you do not have to have sex with him. Right. Like, the, if you don't want to get pregnant by Chad, don't have sex with him. Right. Period. Like, that's yeah. you don't have you don't have to have sex with him. Right. That's the part. That's another part that I was like, why is she so upset? Right. You're not going to get pregnant if you're not going to have if you're not going to have well, sex. With I him. think she knows that she's on that. She wants him. Right. And mm. so she's trying. Whitney knows that she wants him. Yeah. And so that's the, why she's like pushing so hard against this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Kay sucks. Kay sucks. Kay fucking sucks. She made one good point. She makes one. And I'm, and I'm still okay, kind of OK. And point. I'm still not going to give her credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so then Kay then turns her poison onto Chad. Mm. And tells him, you know, I had a thought. What if, 
what if Whitney called the city and had your building condemned because she thought if you lost your apartment, you would leave Harmony? Mm. And he says, I don't think she would do something like that. And then he does ask her, but what's going on with Whitney? Every time I think that I know her, she changes. Like, I don't know what's going on with her. And um, what did Kay say? Kay said, you know, oh, she's, she's waiting, waiting for the perfect man. Kay, right? sa- Kay tells um, Chad that like her mom, Whitney is very rigid. She has an idea of the perfect man and she won't even consider a date with anyone until the picture of that person walks into her life. And she says, you know, the, the guy has to dress a certain way he, and he has to behave and do however Whitney instructs. She's looking for a guy she can control. Yeah, she, that's what she says. To exactly. Him. And then, of course, that makes Chad go, well, that ain't happening. Like, that's not me. Yeah. But then he notices he looks over at, at Kay and notices that she's smiling. And he's like, what are you smiling about? Uh, about? What are you smiling about? Are you are telling me the truth, right? Yeah, he asks her, like, are you being honest with me? You are being honest, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, of course, of course I am. I just, of uh. course. It's just that I know you're not the kind of person who would let a girl tie you down and, you know, put you under her thumb. That's all. I'm just looking out for you, my mm-hmm. buddy, my pal. This shit was awful. Mm-mm. She's, mm-mm. she ain't doing it for me at all. I can't stand her. Mm-mm. We hate Kay. We hate Kay. I, I, I can't stand her. I like Ike, but I hate Kay. <laughs> I like, like Ike. Ike. Ike is good, good with the mic. mic. I can't Whatever. remember. I can't, I can't remember, remember the rest of it. No, <laughs> me either. Dun, I can't remember dun, them. Done. All right. That's the show. That's the show. That's a short one today. That's what happened this week. Yeah. So we're all done, people. So remember, you can catch us on our social media. We have Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Twitter. Um, and Facebook at Passions Podcast. You can send us your emails at passionspodcast at gmail.com and check out our website, passionspodcast.com, where we've got cool merch, uh, episodes posted for you to watch, and other cool things. So check it out. You got that right. All right. With that, here we go. I'm going to try my best here. Here we go. You are my passion for life. Beautiful. Beautiful.